on the last episode of The Shakes. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I had tacos for lunch, keep kind of burping, and they taste mm-hmm. so good still. Uh, that's the uh, best. T- okay, no, that is... Dollar that's just... tacos at... Uh, and it's not even. It's like ninety nine cent. That's tacos. nasty. That's that's dumb Ta- taco. <laughs> I just I just want to be. They you know, I'm almost smelling so it. Good. Do you want to follow her tail? My hands are hot. This beer makes my hands and my one ear hot. Your one ear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have this thing where certain beers and ear. sometimes certain foods give me one hot ear. It's not always the same ear. It's just one hot ear. You know, come to think of it, my left ear is a little warmer. Yeah, this gets Both my ears are sweaty. Just straight oh. up. It might be that I got punched in it about five minutes earlier. I didn't punch you in, in your ear. I punched myself. It's so I know that I'm still alive. <laughs> it's different than a cutting session. Yeah. So I want to know what Gabe had to say about. Uh... Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. So we like we drove home, and like I parked the car, and I said to him, "I'm like, how cool is it that a guy from Germany wished you a happy birthday on your birthday?" And he was like, "It was the coolest thing ever," and I had to like get out of the car because I almost teared up. I was like, that's fucking cool. A guy from Germany wishes you happy birthday on your birthday. That's awesome. Yep. I was part of that. Thank you, Joel Gerhold. And you made it happen. You made, yeah. And it was totally by (laughs) me not knowing my schedule. Oh, shit. It's my son's (laughs) birthday. Can we make him part of the podcast? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, sure. Okay, sounds good. good. Yep. I thought he did pretty good. Yeah, he did fine. I thought it was good. Yeah, he was. He's Ouch. a little. He's a little pat. He is a little pat. Yes, that's why he makes me crazy. I think, I think that you should write a story about all the times that you cry. Oh God, as a dad. Jesus. He used to have a blog there's about it. There's not enough. There's, there's no, nobody, it would be War and Peace times 10. I mean. No, but it would just be like every paragraph is like another tear. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I cried. And, it, and every, every paragraph ends. And then I cried. And then I was tearing up. And then I cried. Yeah. So yeah, no, actually, I mean, people, uh, people enjoyed having a. Uh, Gabe on the show, and we had we had one comment that said, "Can Gabe Piper be on every week, please?" I peed my pants a little when he called the last caller child molester. Yes, and that is the downfall of having a teenager on a podcast. Uh, as we're sitting here, you know, people are coming home from Austin, Texas. The 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 web nerds are are coming home from South by Southwest and are being a. Uh, Replaced by the eyeliner uh, music folk, and, and so then is it the film after that. No, fil- film goes on at the same time that interactive happens. Okay, so that, that's concurrent. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, Do you guys see any stuff like on uh, the the twitters and in the? I mean, you know, you, you see people's like Instagram tacos and stuff like that, but. Here's the thing, like, because, you know, I've been for a number of years. I didn't go this year. 
And then, I'm, and, and I was kind of feeling left out at the beginning. I was like, oh, everybody's in South by Southwest. But then I like start seeing stuff like, oh, the big hit of the show is Tart the Grumpy Cat, you know, because, because he was there and everybody could go by and take your pictures with the, with the cat with the grumpy face and all that. And so I was like, huh. That's stupid. Yeah, I was like, maybe maybe it's not so bad that uh, that I'm not there anymore. So I don't know. I mean, did you guys see any uh, no. new stuff? Here's yeah. what you're missing. What am I you're missing? Missing Austin. Um, well, yeah, I'm totally missing the food. That's like, why. That's why yeah. I would. It's like if I if I were to move today, mm-hmm. I would move to Austin. Mm-hmm. With, with yeah. no hesitation. Like the only thing that ever ever gave me any twinges was like you know the Instagram pictures of tacos and yeah. shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so two things like, cause, cause I've gone the past few years and I've always done like some sort of, you know, made some progress in like a deal toward podcasts or whatever, you know, it's like, Hey, got it, got it picked up a new network or, you know, made some new connections for interviews or whatever. You gave a presentation last year, two years ago or something. No, I, I haven't talked there yet, but. I'm working on that. I thought you was it like some kind of karaoke thing. You got yeah, up on yeah, no, stage yeah, yeah. Did I did, yeah, yeah, I did a karaoke thing. Like, okay. yeah, a couple in 2010. Okay. So, um, but um, so like, got a got a little some something's coming for the shakes. Just to give you, this is like a little bit of foreshadowing. I made my South by Southwest business deal without even being at South by Southwest. And technically it was within the first half hour of the festival. And I did it all via via email. All of you could see the pretentious geekiness on Jeremy's face. He's like, I mean right now. (laughs) It's like the free agency barriers to make this amazing deal. It's like the free agency, the NFL. It's like, I didn't have to go to the combine to make this deal. That's right. That's right. You know, I made it, I made it all happen. And yeah, it was it was all via email over you know a span of ten minutes. They were in Austin. I was here, and now I feel you know self righteous. So, but yeah, I mean you know, so I didn't have to go do that. I didn't have to you know and and so. But my thought is like if if I was going to go back to South by Southwest, I would I would go get a hotel. Don't even worry about getting a badge because I mean, like the last couple of years that I've been, like, go, you go, you see stuff, you know, okay. But I mean, the stuff that that really makes any difference is going out and having beers with people, dinner with people, and meeting, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so I think I don't know. <sighs> Should we uh, move on to? Uh... Oh, <gasps> oh, there's the phone my call. God, hello, you're on the shakes. So I went to South by Southwest 2010, and um, it was like I went with a few friends, or one friend really, and there were just other people we knew there. Anyway, we went out pretty hard one of the nights that we were there, and I woke up the next morning kind of knowing that there was like a strong chance that I was going to throw up. I was so hungover, (laughs) but But there was also like that slight, slight chance it's like, that it could just, like, consume a shitload of bread products and, you know, like, somehow that would, like, counteract the poison in my stomach and everything would be okay (laughs) and I would just, you know, suppress it and keep it all down. Could you guys guys sound any more like each other? I mean, it's like you've stepped out of the fucking room and you're calling in. And you keep running back in really fast. It's exactly the same. I know. Well, it's weird. We're sisters. I don't know what you're... I, I can't really... Here, who's just tell talking, your story. But by the tone, I'm going to guess it's Pat. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Also, the interrupting thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we decided to go to this, like, pseudo-famous Mexican restaurant that's, like, really popular for its, you know, refried greens and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I can make it. I can, I can do this. I'm going to have some Mexican food. It's be okay. And, you know, you see, like, weird celebrities at South by Southwest. And the restaurant is really, really crowded. And we're sitting at the table. I'm sort of starting to freak out, like I'm starting to sweat a little bit. There's a huge line for the bathroom. But outside, like next to the parking lot, there's this grassy knoll. And I'm like, you know what, guys? Like, I'm just going to go outside and get some air. And so I, I decided to go outside and like pretend like I just need to walk it off. Like, <laughs> like you can do that when you have to vomit, you know? And um, I like barely make it to this grassy area and it just like... I mean, it just all comes out, right? It just, it's just, like, completely out of my control. So much so that it's like I'm even making, like, a weird noise as it happens. So you're, like, you're, ah! like, yelling you know, like, Totally, totally. And that's not something Get that I do because I'm, I'm a lady, you know? I'm much more ladylike when I barf. So, anyway, I, like, you know, get that first initial round out, which is always, like, the grossest and the worst. And, like, five feet away from me, I hear this man say, gross. And I look up, and it's Creed from the office. And he just gets in his car and drives away. Who's Creed from the office? The creepy old guy. Yeah, the creepy old dude. Oh, classic. That's awesome. I didn't know. Like, just standing there, watching me throw up, looked at me, said, gross, got in the car and drove away. (laughs) And then I, like, come back in, and I collect myself, and my friends are like, Dude, you missed it. Creed was just in there. That cousin's office. He was just there. And I was like, oh, my God. Really? That's crazy. But, <laughs> so weird. What would have made this story better? But, like, is... apparently he, like, plays banjo in, like, some bluegrass band. Oh, Jesus. And, you know. What would have been more awesome so I is if... I and it, I threw up in front of him. Is if you would have puked in front of the band Creed. That <laughs> would have been awesome. <laughs> That oh probably, yeah, I should probably I, change it to that. And just like the whole, but I don't know if I would recognize them. Maybe that main dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's so expected. I mean, who doesn't puke at a Creed concert no shit. Or in front of that no band? No shit. Yeah, that's that's pretty Good awesome. Story, Tori. Thanks. Jesus, what the. God damn. Jeremy, oh, did you add sound effects and not tell me because it was going to be a surprise because I'm super excited? Yeah. <laughs> yes! I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was a bell ding and then somebody... A toilet flush. It, it sounded like somebody was maybe crushing some nuts and then there was... Yeah, that was you porn. eating nuts. Yeah, and there then, you go. And then it was me pissing into a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, look, I got a little sound effect thing over That's here. great. Nice. So there you go. Tori really wanted, Tori just texted and said she really wanted to tell us about her new big girl job at a big girl agency that uh-huh. she recently acquired. What's that? She could call back and just talk, talk, talk. Right. I think she wanted it to be more of like a conversation. She said it would have been very relevant. <laughs> Tell her I will fix the fucking phone. But and it's then... fine. Today's like her second day. So next. Next, 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 next get a job. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Where did she get a job? I well, she like probably it's wants a like social diver. Or wow, or... what kind of sister are you? 
well, there were a lot of places that she was going to. And, you know, at some point you just Jesus. sort of start, keep, stop keeping track. And anyway, it's her story. Right. She'll tell uh, it. Okay. So you had a sound effect there. Is that triggering something? Uh, well, yeah. See, we've, we, I've got, I've got this all set up. Like what I was supposed to do, like when we started the show, I was supposed to go boop. And then like the intro music would come up because then it just gets thrown into the thing. But then I've got the out music and then I've got play our intro music. See, and then you got that. Is that shakes? Oh, it's the yeah. shakes. It's the shakes. It's shaking. Play, it, it's, play. Is, is that the intro music? Play no, the that's intro not the music. intro music. Let's hear the. <laughs> See. Oh. Awesome. Super fun. I know. And then see, and then we would just kind of go into That's it. That's like awesome. That, it's got a little bit of uh, it's got a little bit of the Buggles uh, video killed the radio star in there. Pat has never heard our theme music until now. That's what that's what he just revealed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Pat. Wow. Yeah. Twelve, 12, a- 12 <laughs> episodes. This has been going on. <laughs> Pat has never listened to an episode. Wow. Ne- I have listened to an episode. I just never heard that. Huh. So I swear did to you God. Just turn funny, it on and then skip that. forward to the parts yeah, where you're like, talking. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got it set up where I just hear myself talking. I, okay. Everybody else is. Okay. Oh, right. And we wow. all learned a little bit of something that day. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Can we cut that part out? No. We need to cut that no, out. No. That needs our, to be we're cut live. out. <laughs> Crazy Cousin Eddie emailed back again after after the PSA discussion last episode with another fantastic question. And so let me give it a uh, dramatic reading here. There we go. So Crazy Cousin Eddie writes, Shakers, because now I like to imagine you all in the basement seated in shaker furniture. Ooh, that would be nice. Not very comfortable, no. but nice. Okay. Craftsman-like. Yeah. Meant to last a lifetime. Anyway, thanks for addressing my tweet slash email from earlier. It was great to hear Gabraham read my email. Though the only thing worse than hearing the sound of your own voice might be the sound of somebody reading out loud one's own email. Truth. Totally. Totes. Yeah, totes. Another question to loft at you. In the U.S., Heineken is considered a premium beer. Here in the Netherlands, while it is popular... It is by no means considered good. Yes, exactly. However, less so here than in London, American Budweiser is considered a premium beer. Good God. Yeah, and folks desire to drink it. Seriously? Apparently so. Why is beyond me. Oh, my God. Another hint. Pat reads none of our emails. Yeah. No, 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 no. He no. actually I replied this. to this. He said, "He said this is a great <laughs> oh, question. Look at this. Oh, what do I have here? Yeah. Oh, there seem to be two birds in the basement." <laughs> All right. So, so now, so, so the actual question is so cheesy and awesome the way that you just did that. <laughs> that was good. The actual question is: While in school, I once read a case history on the marketing of Heineken and Amstel Light, the two top import beers. Instead of talking about the whys and whens of the marketing history, I wonder if you might consider talking about how beer is advertised generally and how a new beer might want to advertise in the U.S. to gain a niche. Crazy Cousin Eddie. 
Let's, right. let's let's just give ourselves a beer client, right? Uh, what how how are we how are we going to do that? What's what's a what's the thing about well, you know trying to find a niche example for a though beer? is Newcastle. Have you ever seen that case study? No, Drogo Five. No. Oh my god. First of all, I mean, just the case study alone is like so awesome. You want to cry. Okay. Totally get an advertising boner when you watch it, but it's like they totally found like this great niche for a beer that people had kind of forgotten about. Right. Like I never thought about Newcastle until I started seeing, is it Newcastle? It is Newcastle. Are you, are Newcastle you sure? nut brown ale? Yeah. Because you know, remember there was uh, that Stella ad on the side of a building in mm-hmm. New York and then, mm-hmm. and it's the one about chalice. Yeah. And then they did one right underneath it that just said, who uses the word chalice? No, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And like their whole thing is just like this dude. And I can't, I mean, Irish, Scottish something. I mean, and yeah. he's just like a, a man's man, you know, and he's talking about beer and sort of like this rough and, but it's not like in an American way. It's, it feels foreign and exotic and interesting, but in like a really down to earth, everyday man, no bullshit kind of way. So, so more in, cause like, well, like the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. You know, I that mean, I think Dos Equis, Dos Equis yeah. kind of owns that. Yeah, as much as not, I love. No, this is like making like everything that they do is making fun of the fact that everybody, the way else is exotic. Well, just sort of beer advertising in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is kind of interesting because because it we've we've in a way kind of set up like these different striations of of niches, I guess, you know, yeah. because you've got Dosecki's most interesting man in the world. You've got Stella and and the whole chalice thing and the, you know, and the and and they will bring out the knife to take the foam right. off the top. Right. And then you've got Newcastle who's apparently flying in the face of that. And then I you've got and then you've got like, right. you know, misogynistic uh boobs and butts advertising. So well, so you kind yeah. of have like like four layers to the beer cake. Beer cake, that's what they could call Twinkies. There you go, beer there you go. cake. Beer cake. Beer cake. Done. Why did they need to buy the Twinkies name then? Just beer cake. I just call it beer cake. Yeah. No, that's a great... Um, I mean, if I were to go... Jesus, that's a hard one because it is such a market filled with... I mean, you know, how the hell do you do... I mean, packaging would have to be like tits. It would have to be oh, key. Yeah. Um, well, I, okay. Here, here's here's the here's a good question. Are we gonna are we gonna make our imaginary beer? Is it going to be like a beer snobs beer? Is it going to be every man's beer? You know, is so because you've got like you know, I mean, all you have to do is go to a liquor store and you look at the look at yeah. the uh, the cooler of like you know all these great beers with great packaging and all that stuff, but they are definitely aimed toward a very narrow market. Yeah. I think I think the way that I would launch it is I would launch it as an everyday kind of beer, not a small batch beer that makes fun of everyday beer. That's what I would do because nobody's doing that. Nobody, nobody is truly doing that. Miller Lite and Bud Light are still. I mean, they're interchangeable. It's it's not about the beer anymore. It's about the mm-hmm. hey, we've got you can punch a little extra hole in our cans and drink it smoother. It's like. Your beer is still shit, or we've got this twisty bottleneck 
Yeah. And and yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with the vortex thing. Okay. So that's oh that so they so they're <laughs> they're ma- but they're well, making fun they're making fun of high end beer. Well now are they doing it for everything? I mean She's pulling it, it up. She's pulling yeah, it up. Yeah, I am. I mean in like in one way or another, yeah, kind of. Okay. You know. Which, which, I mean, as you're saying this, it also jogs my memory. Somebody who's doing a really great job of like an everyday beer, but kind of is like Schlitz. Yes. It, like with their really retro stuff, like, you know, this is your dad's beer. Yeah. It's the exact same recipe and all that. Dude, it's, it's awesome. You know, and so I think they do a really good job of that, of creating a niche that is kind of, you know, it's everyday. But also kind of throws in the face of because like you know PBR. I mean, yeah, that's probably your dad's beer too. But yeah. but PBR now has has solely become owned by you know skinny pants and white belt mustache hipsters. Yeah, and so you know I love kinda, the stuff that High Life did. I thought High what High Life did, which which was just kind of like hey, with the gr- good... like with the gruff delivery man. No, um, it was kind of before that. It was okay. uh, Wyden was doing the stuff, and it was just more, just kind of like, uh, "Hey, it's a good time." I mean, actually, the um, uh, here's Ma- to good friends. Is it Miller sixty four? Oh yeah, yeah. I think those are great. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. So the Newcastle stuff, it's like they even take their rich heritage and sort of like. Faux exploit it in in a TV spot, and they do it in like a really h- hilarious way, and and uh, go back to Newcastle, England, and like talk to these old grubby old miners, you know, and like and but the whole thing they just like twist the whole thing into this amazing sales pitch that at the end of it you're like, I will buy that beer now, yeah. you know, hmm. that beer yeah. really that represents a level of sarcasm and satire that. I feel like I also identify with. Well, see, and I guess that's the thing in the end. It's like, what what is the beer that says that is a mirror of me? And now I buy Newcastle Brown Ale because yeah. of the advertising. I yeah. buy it because I love it. I love Newcastle. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. It's good beer, but... But but more so because it, it is something that you can identify with. Yeah. And so, yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean, although, you know, like, that damn Super Bowl commercial for... Uh, Budweiser with that fucking horse. Oh shit! All of them have the horse. Well, what's funny? What's no, where the it's horse like or the, boobs? Where it's like the horse, it. and it's like oh, the horse comes back to. It's see like his, the horse is a dog, and it's just like it's I the mean, run. It's oh the runaway God. horse, which I tweeted. I would mm-hmm. put down that horse. I mean, if there was a horse running wild in the streets, I'd put it down. With I the concealed that, firearm that I you have. I would put that damn thing down. <laughs> You're dead inside, Pat. Uh, oh, I would put down a horse in the Pat, second. Pat's just like Carl. You're, you're just, you look in those eyes and you're just dead. You're yeah. just, there's nothing just, left. Just totally there's nothing dead. left. Now, just get a, you a cowboy um, hat. I think it's interesting that Budweiser does so uh, well. But I you mean, know what? I think it's the foreign thing. I think it is. You can play yeah. up like the whole when it's imported. There's a certain like I like Heineken it's, beer. I will see, totally I don't. drink it. I mean, I I, think I it smells like weed. I think it's I think it's shit. I don't like it. But I'll order a Heineken way over ordering oh. like a Bud Light yeah. or a Miller yeah, yeah, Light yeah. or something. See, and that's the funny thing because like it, you know going to like Schlitz and your dad's beer. I, you know, my dad didn't drink a lot of beer, but I do remember like you know when we're like vacation at Disney World or whatever. When it's like, you know, that special occasion where you have a beer with dinner, it was a Heineken. 
Yeah. You know, and so th- that's what I, you know, that's what I always think of. That, yeah. Um, and the other thing too is like, not James Bond. That's for sure. Domestic beers are yeah. so known for just like their sales are solely based on the fact that they're light beers, right? Like, yeah. If I'm drinking a Coors Light, it's because I already had five Irish ales, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, I, guess I, I can't. Gotta, like, I feel like a sandbag. Yeah. yeah you know, like <laughs> I better, I better taper off a bit. I'm but getting a Coors Light. You're never gonna walk in and be yeah. like, give me a Budweiser. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe you are. I don't know. Sometimes my husband orders a Budweiser at a bar, and I'm like, let's get a divorce. But well, when I was in college, I you know, did that because you know my discriminating palate thought that it had a aftertaste. Well, but I mean, like, how many people walk into a bar and order, like, a Coors? Right. I and, had, like, get handed a Coors, like, where the bartenders and just, like, nobody listening to this get, show gives them a Coors Light. You know, yeah. and you know what's funny is, like, I, a I, banquet was, bear. I was doing, I was playing golf, like, last spring, maybe, or fall, I don't know. But, um, I was drinking, I think I was drinking Budweiser. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this tastes like I think beer should taste. I mean, it's like, it's, there's it's no. It's true. A, a it cold Budweiser like in a right a, moment. It tastes like a beer. It's like yeah. the beer that I remember from childhood. It's like this taste when like. When Grandpa was sneaking you a drink on him. It's yeah, okay. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah, Take it's a like. Drink. And, and I haven't had a Bud. I mean, that's the only time I've like, ever had to a Budweiser. Me, I gotta have a Bud. If I'm gonna have a Budweiser, it's gotta be out of a can and it has to be colder than death. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so cold. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you open it up and it's foggy. And- Do you guys have that rule of thumb that if you drink beer from a can only if you really intend on getting drunk? No. I usually just drink beer from a can if I'm mowing the lawn. Oh, that's true. That's a very Don Draper of you. Do you use the... Give yourself an extra... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no, I don't. I don't key the thing because it's usually hands. Sometimes I buy beer in a can just because we can't recycle glass, or we can, but I don't want to pay for it. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there is a movement back to can though. I think there but is, but there's something fun about a can. That, I know, like like the bottle. It's yeah. like it's kind of a dangerous weapon if you make a mistake. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and I have been cut by a beer bottle before, and it's not fun. You know what? Yeah, like by myself did it. And Sometimes you, you fall fell and you fell a onto a beer bottle. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was God. carrying a glass bottle and was like, and like fell on top of it and it shattered in my hand. Jesus. Do you know, and do you know how hard I had that a beer is? bottle thrown at me once. My, my, my brother tried to, you know, it's like the outsiders. Remember the movie outsiders mm-hmm. yeah. like pony boy or, or, or Emilio, Emilio Estevez like takes a bottle along a chain link fence and it shatters that easily. My brother at, uh, you know, he was fucking around and he thought, well, this will be funny. It's like somebody said something and I'm going to joke that it pissed me off. So he attempts to break the bottle so he can like point it at him or something. He's like, that thing was hard as hell to break. Yeah. You couldn't break it over. So how did you fall? I mean, did you fall down a flight of stairs Onto on the rock? bottle? I mean. Well, I did not elaborate. <laughs> yeah. There's a bigger story. Please do. I fell from a. a uh, a higher like a roof no like i was on a cement block platform platform thing and you fall like six feet yeah i mean no, hell, no. I mean, three it was, feet it was like four feet i sort of just stumbled right off of it 
hit the gravel like with my knees and then like tried to save myself but I think I ended up just like throwing myself even harder into the ground it was a Coors Light bottle by the way yeah (laughs) and it like shattered in my hand but the weird thing about it is that my dad when he was in college worked at Louisa's on Mass Street in Lawrence and uh he there was a, a fight broke out at the bar and he was the bartender. And so like he grabs the bat from behind the bar. It's like back in the days where like, that's what would happen mm-hmm. when a bar fight broke out. Like the bartender gets the bat and like beats everybody up, I guess. And this dude like took a beer bottle, smashed it on the table and like sliced my dad's neck. And it like what? barely missed his an artery, an artery. Holy and like, shit. To this day, he still has this giant ass scar wow. on his neck where like can this we, dude, we, we, it, like, and he went to the hospital, just like blood gushing oh, everywhere. Yeah. Wow. The whole point of a bat is the reach. That you're not close enough to somebody no, where like, they could... No, like, I think could... his back was turned, and he was, like, fighting oh, these shit. dudes off, and this guy Jesus. came up behind him and went... Cold-blooded. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. So did we answer the question? No, uh, we didn't. No, not. because we, we don't know the answer. That's the I thing. mean, that's the short, that's the long and short of it. We really don't know the answer, but, boy, we sure talked a lot about it. What's the, um, yeah, nobody's, nobody, like, nobody's cracked the code. I mean, I think Dos Equis is the best. Amstel Light is a, one of the top two import beers. Yeah, yeah it is. Yes, it what? is. Yep, yep, yep. I think that Dos Equis, and for the line alone, which is, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. So, first things first. Saying that I don't always drink beer. What kind of beer advertiser wants to advertise that, hey, you, you, you don't always have to drink beer? And then he says, I prefer Dos Equis. It's not a, I choose yes, Dos Equis. I prefer. I prefer. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It's awesome. And people, I think people respond to that. It's like, they're not saying, oh my God, you, have, yeah, you have to go get it. But I'd sales before and after. You know, like I'm sure they're up, but it's also like... That campaign was bigger than the product. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Totally. And, totally. and will continue to be that way. And so, I mean, really, the question is, like, beer advertising in general, which we did cover, but it's also about how a new beer get full would credit gain for that. advertising. <laughs> would get, you might want to advertise in the U.S. to... Yeah, we we tried it and we just didn't get there, did we? We did we didn't get there. We got a tweet that just came in from from Quinn's favorite uh, Quinn's favorite person, A Homan. Anyway, she what wanted she to say? know if we could pause the podcast so that that she and her roommate could run out and get ice cream. Her, her <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Her her, her, like her roommate that. says, "Pretty please." I like that. Uh, no, I feel like if they bring us ice cream, that yeah, would be okay. uh, you know what? We'll pause it if they want to. Uh, does she? Is yeah, she we could go take like a pisser break. No, she's in Manhattan. Oh. We'll go take a pisser break. That's an inconvenient. Yeah. Ashley, what, do you have any other beer besides the Irish ale? Yeah, there's there's stuff in the fridge. There's stuff in the fridge. Oh, so okay. Yes, you know what? We'll take a little pause. We'll take a little go pause. Go get your goddamn. Yeah, go your get go get some teeny. damn ice cream. But I can't guarantee you that we will pause long enough for you to get back. Yeah. But I feel like if you're going to be successful at advertising beer in the United States, like 
you have to be able to do something that's to- first of all you need a massive media budget totally you know i hate what you're doing taking right pictures now. of my junk <laughs> why do you hate what i'm doing i don't know i thought that that was pointed at me and i was because like, you because you feel you feel that, feel that you're under i'm oh. trying to think i'm trying to think there was yeah is there an example of somebody with not a huge media budget that's doing well. Boulevard. But they're, I mean. Yeah, but they're. You know, Boulevard is, is sort of one of those brands that is trying to expand, but mm-hmm. not, I feel like maybe not doing it in the smartest way possible. I feel like. Or maybe they are doing it in the smartest way possible. Go ahead. <sighs> well, no. Yeah. I mean, what, what, uh, <laughs> what's, what's making you think this? This is interesting. Well, instead of, you know. I feel like if you're going to be a specific beer, if you're going to be owned by a town, owned by a city, which Boulevard is, Boulevard is owned by Kansas City in no, a way. It is, you know, no, not there. You go, not yeah, leg- you're looking hot in that picture. Okay, sorry. <sighs> Anyways, I'm um, not legitimately, but like you know, in a it's Kansas, Kansas City's beer. beer. It's can- yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's sort of like to expand outside of this market. I feel like you got to do it in really smart ways that. It's like you use that fan base. There are people from Kansas City or just from, you know, went to KU, went to Missouri, who who love Boulevard beer because it's where they're from. And they're in L.A. or they're in New York or they're in Chicago or they're doing something much better with their lives. I don't know. But they should be the people that are, you know, who Boulevard goes after, right? That should be how Boulevard seeds their beer in this one liquor store in downtown Chicago, in this one tiny hole-in-the-wall bar in L.A. You know, make it Bringing Kansas City to you. Bringing bring you home. Yeah. One make, glass make at a time. About, Fuck yeah. See, no, I'm not even a writer. Make it about... <laughs> make it about that and not about we're just going to be another beer on the shelf because I don't know if you've ever been to, you know, obviously you probably have a liquor store in LA. You're like, I mean, I'm like a kid in the candy shop when I go to the beer section. Cause you're like, oh, there's so many choices. I don't even know what to do. See, so many yeah. craft beers, so many, I mean, you can't compete with that shit. Yeah. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, the thing is, is that you don't, I mean, there's no guarantee with that. I mean, I think that if you expand past Kansas City, you Are can't. Are you trying be a- to tell me that there's no guarantee in advertising? No, shut up. <laughs> there are always guarantees in advertising every you day. You can't advert. You can't be a Kansas City beer outside of Kansas City. I mean, it has to be about taste. And what I like what Boulevard's doing is that they are creating demand by r- truly developing small batches of stuff. They create this kind of Willy Wonka effect as it relates to the you know the Christopher Elbow chocolate beer they do, the yeah. um, bourbon barrel beer that they do. I think that that is something that they can expand with. No, I completely agree with that. <laughs> yes. But... <sighs> I just think, I mean, I was solely talking about expanding, right? Right. But and, I think you can expand the, with the that. the coolest thing that they do is, like, they they are sort of the masters of small batch 
creativity. You know, like when it comes to beer, it's like they came out with that limited, what, what was it? Saigon or, or something like that. I, it's the best beer I've ever had. It's like black in color. It's a dark ale. I don't know. I only had it on tap at Anton's and it was like, holy hell. What season I don't was ever this? want to drink another kind of beer. It was like November. Oh, si- yeah. Saison. No. No? Maybach? It's it's not like the farmhouse. No, no, no. Yeah. Like a Maybach would be dark. The Saison would be dark. I don't know. It had a Saison. weird, cra- how, how you, crazy how name. I, I would remember Saison. Yeah. It wasn't that. I know Besides, what that Saisons is. are a little bit bitter. Or not bitter, but sour. No. It, this was like the smoothest, most delicious dark beer I've ever had Seriously. in my entire life. Hmm. And I love dark beer. Nothing is better than whatever that magic was. And they had a tiny little barrel of it, and it was on tap for a short amount of time. Never found it anywhere else. I even had my friends who, like, work at liquor stores and and handle, like, beer sales and all that, like, look into it for me. Couldn't find it. Have you ever heard of it? Have you ever had Zingyu? Mm Mm-mm. Brazilian dark beer? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes in that adorable squatty bottle. No. It's a normal bottle. No, that's Red Stripe you're thinking about. No. It's a normal bottle. Gold and black label? No, starts with an X. Hmm. It's good. A little coffee to it. It's good. I love that. It's very smooth. I mean, everybody's into the milk stout, and I'm like, eh. Mm. I don't like I'm Seriously, I, I love beer, but I'm not like a super hoppy, super heavy yeah. kind of guy. It gives me yeah. a red ear. It gives you one red ear. Red ear. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, this is no longer the shakes. Welcome to uh, barley and uh, yeah. barley and buttholes, the uh, beer podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I don't want to be episode better. one on Mule Radio Syndicate. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a Do you have a, a, a little sound bite for that uh, barley and buttholes? It, not yet, but. Here's here's the thing, guys. If you remember a couple episodes back, uh, Beer Buddy. Oh, okay. Before we before we get into Heather, let's thank Joel Gerhold. No way, Joel once again. again. Awesome. Joel. I, I think this is his fifty millionth time being a beer buddy for uh, for us. And 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 the cool thing is, is like last night. You know, I, I tweeted out. I was like, it's less than twenty four hours away, and we don't have a beer buddy. What's up, guys? Joel stepped up to the Joel plate. Joel came through. I just imagine Joel like sitting in this room where like he's in front of his computer and like that tweet comes through and then like he opens up this wallet of money that's made of like beer labels and he's like and like he's just like I'm going to make it rain on those shakes yeah. people. Yeah. He's so, like how many Krugerrands does it take to buy a six pack of beer? That's South Africa. <laughs> I know, but I always, whenever I'm not talking about no, it, I know. the best thing hey, is the hang way on. that he said it, and then he leaned back like, like hang on, that was hang wrong. On. Okay, let everybody know, I know what the fuck a Krugerrand is, okay? <laughs> but whenever I'm not talking about the U.S. dollar, and Joel is from... The Netherlands? Germany. Germany. Crazy cutting it. Which, which would be, which would be the euro, but... 
I like to talk about Krugerrands because it's an awesome word. Krugerrand so, is a great word. For the record. Yeah. Everybody back, <laughs> slow your row, back the F up. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So anyways, yeah. So thanks to uh, Joel Gerhold, who, who, who now has pesos. been, yes, who now has been a, a yard beer buddy yet again. So thanks for that. Anyway. Uh, yes. So Heather, who was a beer buddy a couple of uh, weeks ago, sent us the um, email about, she had the portfolio on portfolio on Squarespace and, you know, and, and was trying to get back in. Well, she, she does like media research or something like that. Yeah. And so, she's a, she's a Quinn in the making. She is a Quinn in the making. And so anyway, so we said, Hey, call as in neurotic, call back Quinn. in with, uh Oh, we're, we're getting another, email, another tweet. Um, anyway, so, uh, so Heather, <clears throat> so anyway, so Heather, she wrote us her life story, she, and she did. She is nowhere near as neurotic as I am, right. and I oh, wish you would not yeah. insult hell her, yeah. like that. So yeah. anyway, so we're not going to read the whole email, not necessarily because it's you know TLDR. You're thinking back to the days of like my first days of a, as a creative, and like you just threw me to the wild, I'm and I was thinking, like, I don't understand what's going on, and then like you would respond by sending me your short stories. I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> Pat, what's happening? I'm thinking about yesterday. Yesterday. With you. Yeah, you're like, oh, a long time ago. Whatever. You are as neurotic as yesterday. No, no, never mind. What? My point was that you haven't changed. (laughs) That is true. You're still neurotic as hell. I am I'm not saying I'm not neurotic. I am. That's all a part of my charm. I would send you my short charm. stories as a response. Yes. You, you shut up. You totally did. Shut up. That's okay. totally bad. Anyhow. I'd be like, what's wrong? I don't understand. <laughs> Here, what, read this and then it'll download, all make Pat? sense. Here, read this story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, shut oh. Up. So that was I'm good. I still don't now. totally understand what a radio spot yeah. is. <laughs> okay. So, Heather... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so Heather, so she wrote this really, really long email. And like I said, we're not going to read the whole email, not necessarily because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good email. But Heather, it was not we can, that long. Like It was super long. Well, no, no, I say, I say that it was long because it's too long for a dramatic reading. I mean, I could be yeah. doing that. So, so, but she put a short version in. As a matter of fact, since I, I do feel that this mirrors Quinn quite a bit, Quinn... Why don't you do the dramatic reading of that short version? The short version is that I've always wanted to work in advertising. I've just always been too scared to really try. And now I'm working on not being scared anymore. I guess it's kind of like the quote-unquote poopy pants moments you talk about. In fact, I'm nervous just telling you my story because I'm afraid my boss is going to hear it or something. Okay, okay, so Heather, here's the thing. I promise your boss does not listen yeah. to our show. <laughs> no, I promise shit. that too. Heather, here's the thing. Listen up. It's time to get dirty, baby. It's time to get dirty. Mm-hmm. Get your hands dirty. Get in. Make a fucking portfolio. Hook up with. She's a writer. Hook up with an art director. Put together a goddamn portfolio. Quit yeah. talking about being scared about it. Quit. Oh, I'm not sure. Get in and do it. Mm-hmm. You're young enough. The unknown is great. This is the best time for you. You can do whatever the hell. 
Yeah. You don't have clients and shit. Well, and here's, here's, here's the parallel because in the longer version, she talks about going in and, and just finding a job in a, you know, traditional advertising, marketing, whatever, whatever, just so I could get a job. So that's Quinn. Cause you know, you started, like you said, like you've said on the show before you started as a media planner. So that mm-hmm. was that was kind of a just getting a whatever. To no, get I, in, right? I got I got that job and was so it was completely like I got that job and was like perfect. Now I can charm my way into the creative department, and they were like not so fast. Yeah, media person. Well, so but but I think that's the same thing though. I mean, I think maybe the unsung song, the unsung song, the you know the subtext here in in Heather's email is maybe she was thinking the same thing. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Heather, no, Heather has no. to evaluate. I actually read Heather's email. Well, I, I did too, but that's, this is how, this is how I interpreted shut it. Shut that. Yeah. So did I. What's TLDR? Um, too long. Didn't read. Oh, uh, okay. So here's the deal. I think that when you start as something else and you know, you get to a certain point in your life where it's like, I need a job and I got to make money and this is what I'm doing. And you get into a pattern and then it's like all of a sudden for one reason or another dreams and hopes and ambitions get pushed to the side just for the fact that like, okay, well at least I'm doing this. At least I'm accomplishing this. At least I know I can be good at this. And that is like sort of this death zone of like, you get you are so far out of the habit of taking risks that just the very idea of putting yourself out there and doing something different becomes terrifying and paralyzing you know mm-hmm. so it's like i didn't do that pat just found me and and it all just fell into my lap and then you know 3 months later i died but whatever <laughs> it all worked out and, and and you know but every day of my life like something terrifying happens where because it's 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 not stable it's yeah. crazy and it's touch and go mm-hmm. and like even it, when you get in it you think oh, okay i made it let me kick back and like enjoy this yeah, and that doesn't... never happens like you're just constantly like okay so i suck and i'm terrible and Guess I got to do better tomorrow if they it don't fire me. Honest to God, it does not. It doesn't go away. And B, you don't want it to go away. When it goes no. away, yeah. you are doing the same thing yes. and you are not learning but see, but anymore. That's the thing is that it's really easy to, to let it go away. Sure. And find yourself in a place where I, I, I think Heather might be, you know, her, where she's saying she's been too scared to really try. And, like, the only thing I could say is, like, this is sort of back to my whole, like, in the movie of your life, what would your character do? Like, this is, like, in the movie of your life, if you heard your character say that sentence, you know, I've always wanted to work in advertising, but I've always been too scared to really try. You're watching the movie and you're like, nah, bitch, you go out and get what you want. You know, like, you're yelling at your character. Yeah. And that's how I always think about things because... In a way, it sort of like makes you be like, life is so stupid and silly that the very concept of fear is stupid. It's so lame. It's so lame that we're afraid to go out and do things. And like, I'm such a hypocrite sitting here and saying that because there are so many things that I want to do that I'm scared to do, but I'm also slightly too lazy to make happen. I don't think that that's the case with Heather. I don't think it's just like, 
like, yeah, I really want to work in advertising, but uh, I'm just a little too lazy to put together a book. Well, and, and, and that's no, not because enough because anymore. if you because if you did, you know, again, I guess it is kind of unfair that we didn't read the entire email. But if you if you go through, I mean, it has this thread of there's a ton of determination behind this girl. Yeah, you know, I mean, she yeah, there's 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 no oh uh, yeah, I don't. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch you know some more yeah. TV you know whatever I mean there there's drive there's determination there no. but but don't but the thing is, is fear. don't don't make that be your shtick don't make fear be your shtick right you know it's like go out and do unless it unless it's about saying fuck it to fear yeah. like it, yeah that well can well be your Dar- you know and well here's here's you know this is the thing that came to my mind and Pat's gonna love this but dare I say it. It's the terminal velocity it's of cats. It's totally the Jesus terminal velocity Christ. of cats. It's the terminal velocity of cats. I saw that on here. I'm like, are we going to fucking talk about goddamn but cats But it is, falling? Pat. It's the terminal velocity of cats. You know it totally what? I, is. Wish, I really hate that you attribute that to somebody else because it's not them. I'm the one that made the whole connection. I'm sleepy now. Because it's, you know, I mean, the, do, doing the things that you really, really want to do. I mean, and, and this could, and this goes for anybody. This doesn't just go for, you know, somebody who, you know, wants to get into advertising or anything. I mean, it could be anything. I, I want to write, I want to write a book. I want right. to make a movie. Doing the things you really, really want to do is really super fucking scary. It is. And, and there are so many reasons why you probably shouldn't do the thing that you really, really want to do. But in the end is, you know, I mean, when you think about is it going to complete your life? You know, what, how are you going to feel if you don't do it? You know, there are just these, there are these calculated risks that you just absolutely have to take. Well, and I think that's a creative, it's sort of like turning your skill, you know, whatever that your talent, this thing that you've sort of held onto privately in a way mm -hmm. into this commodity, into this thing that all of a sudden means nothing and everything now that you're getting paid for it. It's like that is more terrifying than putting yourself out into the advertising world and asking somebody to love you. Yeah. You know, like that is the worst part about it because in a way on one hand you're like, wow, I've made it. Somebody's paying me to do this shit. And then on the other hand, you're like, nothing matters now. Nothing. None of the ideas I come up with. Well, because none of the well, shit it's I write, exposed. It's just another thing that yeah. I'm doing and it has nothing to do with me. You know, I have no even if I have a personal connection to it, I have to hide that. I have to bury it, you know, and, I, and then I have to like sever in a very bloody and destructive way, whatever connection that is, because there is a very good chance that if I feel that way, that shit is dying on the table in front of the client the next day. Yes. You know? And so it's like, if you're going to be afraid, be really fucking afraid. But don't let that be a barrier to whatever it is that you're going to go do. Let it motivate you. Yeah. Let it motivate you. I mean, fear, fear, and nervousness—they motivate me. I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't like. But, but, but here's the thing. I mean, you, you say it's like here. Here's what I struggle with: forty-two-year-old dude here, and I struggle with. I'm like, okay, I want to. I want to do something else. I mean, this, I love what I do mm-hmm. currently, and I'm going to continue to do that, but there is something else for me. I know it. And that's not to mean that I'm going to go quit my job, but I have a book, several books in me. I need to write them. 
And I haven't done that yet. And this is why Pat and I connected in a very initial phase because we both feel this way. Yes. And, and the thing is, is that it's so easy for me to right now, let that clunk around in my head and for me to go, Oh yeah, yeah. I got this shit in my head. And it's so much easier for me to let that float around because that, that is who I am. I love the space of, I love the brainstorming phase. You love the space before you commit it to paper. Exactly. I love it the, because there's so many possibilities. There aren't barriers. There aren't once you commit it to paper, then there are all sorts of problems that kind of creep in that you didn't see. And you and, hate it, and then you love it, and you yeah, hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that, and and I told Jeremy and, and Quinn this um, earlier, but I got a short story published, and... It was the best of me. I mean, I wrote it. I loved it. And I got done with it. And it wasn't like, uh, this is, I'm like, God damn, this is good. Now, I will say that I've gone through now and edited it and proofed it about 80 billion times. And now I'm kind of sick of it. But at the time that I completed it, I'm like, God damn, this, I love this. I feel really good about that. And I can't say that, you know, I mean, you know, in advertising, when you create so much shit, sometimes you're like, oh my God, this is really good. Sometimes you're like, eh, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. But when you've been in it for so long, there is a part of you that's numb to even the greatness of whatever it is. It is because the thing is, is that, I mean, even, you know, even award shows, it's like, you, you know, it's like I, I go to the one show, which is the tippy top. I mean, to me, it's bigger than CA. The one show Mm -hmm. is the, you know, and I go there and get some work in there, but the next day you go back to work. I mean, it's just an excuse to go out and get drunk with some friends and then the next day you have to go back and, and, you know, and that is the one thing that I would tell advertising people is really, really celebrate. I mean, don't get carried away, but really embrace. It is so fucking hard to get something really good through. I mean, when you really break down the nuts and bolts of an advertising agency and creatives working with account people and working with media and working with clients, it is a, when you see something amazing on TV or a great radio spot or a great print ad, there is literally blood, sweat, and tears put into that. Mm-hmm. And it should be celebrated. I mean, because it is such a weird convergence. I mean, all of the moons align for something like that. And it really should, you should take pause and say, oh my God, this is awesome. I mean, you get to a point where you're like, well, there's going to be another one of those. And I'm not saying that there isn't because there is going to be, but you have to pause and you have to go, this was fucking awesome. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a radio spot that immediately got approved. I mean, I wrote it seriously. I wrote it in like a half an hour. I mean, it just hit me. And I love that. I love that when that happens, there's literally never a better feeling when it just pours right out. It did. I mean, it hit me. My creative director bought off on it. The client bought off on it, not with the change. I produced it and it was better than what I had in my head. And you know, it got into the Mercury's and it is, it's like, God damn, that was awesome. And that is, that's never happened to me before. I mean, it's never happened to me again. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those things where it's like, man, did I take enough time? And you don't want to take too much time because you're like, well, shit, I don't want that to be it. I mean, it's like, I don't want 
my college years to be the best years of my life. I'm not going to stop and go, oh, my God, these are the best because it's like, really, is this it? I don't want this to be it. I want there to be something else awesome out there. But at the same time, you have to believe. I mean, when you know enough about all the weird shit that goes on, when it comes together like that, it's like awesome. This is great. Yeah. So I think that was all so on point. But I want to just go back to yeah. Heather because putting myself in Heather's shoes right now, yeah. I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah. I'm never going to get to that point, you know, <laughs> but I mean, you know, yeah, because I, that it seems unattainable. Like, it, it, I mean, it does, yeah. because when you're in a position like she's in, you hear that story and you're like, okay, I want to use that as motivation. But at the same time, I'm so fucking far away from that, yeah. that I can't That's never going to happen to me. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I, spoke to the KU ad club journalism school. I mean, I had to open with, Hey, I'm a J school dropout. That went over well. And, but one of the biggest things I talked about was how, I mean, it's such insane bullshit that advertising is one of those industries where it's like, you have to have experience in order to get experience. Mm -hmm. Like that is crap. You know, like that is crap. And in a way it's like, the advertising world should be better than that. It should be more, think more outside of the box and more in more of an interesting way. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you got, you, you can't just go out and hire somebody off Twitter because they're funny because it turns out like, what if that person can't adapt and can't just write a radio script? Mm-hmm. You know, but isn't like, that, isn't that, and, and I totally agree with you. And that is, that's poopy pants. I mean, that's but, fear. Okay, so the ex- getting the experience in order to get experience, like I think that that frame of mind is so frustrating to a student or to somebody trying to break into advertising because it's like, okay, so I guess I go out and I like, and I went through this, you know, like, okay, so I guess I like pick a brand and then like make some ads, like that. Not only does that sound like a colossal waste of my fucking time. But also, like, what creative director is going to look at this ad I made up for Budweiser and be like, wow, that's incredible. So that you didn't do this at an agency and it never ran. Congratulations. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I just don't buy that. I, I think that if I was a creative director and I saw that, I'd be like, Ugh, come on. This doesn't tell me anything, you know, like. So my whole thing was like, you have to have mistresses, you know, as you're working towards your creative glory and into getting into advertising, it's like, you have to keep a hundred different creative mistresses. And by that, I mean, you know, a Twitter account that you make up, that's a concept on its own, you know, Mm -hmm. a blog that is a totally different thing than your daily blog. You know, if you're a writer, uh, a photography project, something that adds to pop culture and, and the social sphere in like a, a cool and interesting way that you can show to people, you know, like I, I don't ever want to be hired because of my advertising work. I, if I get a job, you be hired because of everything else. I want to be hired because of my blog, because of Twitter, because of the things that I put out into the world solely on my own. Because and you it's create. Why I created, you know, letters to my mentor who doesn't know I exist. It's why I've created, you know, a modern advice for the modern woman. You know, it's why I've done these different things because I constantly need to have a mistress or I'm dying. 
I'm dying because I need to create for myself and prove that out to the world before I try to prove it to advertising. So that would be the best advice, I think, for Heather at this point, is prove your creativity to the world in an interesting and relevant way that you could show to a potential employer, a creative director, or you know, an ACD and say, hey, this is the kind of shit I do. What do you think? I'm super into advertising. Let's go make some awesome shit. I can't do better than that. No. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, you're that that welcome. that is that I I think right there that is Quinn's strongest moment. There you in go. In the entire series so far. That that was I'm <laughs> Let's, did a mic drop there? She did a little mic drop let, there. Let's, with her let's kill it with uh, what was it? Buttholes and and yeah, uh, barley, barley, barley and buttholes. buttholes. Um, Damn, Quinn, that was, that was good. That was some science that you Don't just you, dropped on. I, I can us. tell you're like super anxious. You now you want to go out and like go make something now, don't you? I mean, when I said I'm that making to this something room right full now. of college students, they were like dead face, mouths open, yeah, like yeah. And I, at first I was like, oh, great. Like, I just killed the whole thing. And no, they, no, they totally, no. completely responded. I sent you that Yeah, you picture. sent me that picture. And because I, and, I was thinking about the notes. The notes that she <laughs> took uh, while I was speaking. And I spoke, I spoke with Chris Cardetti, who's this amazing, brilliant uh, creative strategist, planner. And we kind of have this very non-traditional partnership. And that's the other thing I would tell Heather, you know, like Pat was talking about an art director. It's awesome. If you can get an art director, that's great. But if you can just find somebody that's a thinker, Mm -hmm. that is equal. That's just as good because really the less traditional and literal you are about partnerships within an advertising agency, the more appealing you become to the people that might want to hire you. Yeah. The closest thing I have to a partner right now is a planner and he's great because we just sit in a room together and we bust out ideas and he brings the strategy and I collaborate with him on briefs before I even get them in my hand so that by the time I'm handed an assignment, I'm so far ahead of where my thinking would be otherwise, you know? Yeah. And that's how you make good work. You just find a thinking buddy, you know? Well, see, and I think that's way more interesting than having an art director as a partner. Oh, I so mean, because better. you 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 have this really interesting fresh perspective. I mean, how, you know, you would like to think that everything that comes into a table that's creative work has Paid its paid its deference to the strategy or whatnot, but let's yeah. not let's not fucking kid around here. Right. I mean, a lot of times people are just like, "Yeah, fuck that. This is a cool idea. I don't yeah. care whether it's on strategy or not. Here, this is what I this you've got to do. This it's awesome. I mean, so yeah, I think that's really interesting and really unique. And so to me, I think that's worth way more than, yeah. than anything like that. So that's 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 very cool. Two tweets have come in. While while Quinn was dropping major major science, um, number one, uh, Ashley Homan said uh, the roommate said thank you for 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 our pause during the ice cream, um, and that if we need an ice cream buddy, that uh, we know where to look. And oh, and Quinn, you can suck a fatty just because she's your favorite or you're her favorite. Aww, so. Ashley, I suppose we can be friends in like a. Romantic comedy girls that hate each other but really like each other because at the end of the movie like we like high five and like stuff. Like bridesmaids? 
Kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, it's like too specific. I'm, I'm just playing in general rom com world. <laughs> kind of like, you know, yeah, I yeah, just, I just boys dropped on a the side kind of example thing. to you, uh, and it was totally it's lost not, on you. It's it is not. Kristen Wig, and then the other girl who was like supposedly the best friend of. Uh, so who's who here? Because I have a hard time envisioning. Take your pick. Enemies, just take your pick. They were enemies, and then they became good friends at the end. You, you shut go. it. I was, I was, I was on. So, well, you're, on. you're quite welcome for the, for the, cause I mean, we all really had to pee and we needed more beer. So enjoy the ice cream. And then, and then Joel apparently is staying up late again tonight. God and, bless you, Joel. Uh, and so, and so he tweets in, he's got two tweets that just came in. Uh, needing experience to get hired leads to exploitation of the trainees working long hours for practically no money. Amen. I think I think we probably all well, except, well I don't know yeah what well I was gonna say you probably didn't really experience much of that but no 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 I mean you know I mean that's that's just unfortunately that is part of the business it's like yeah you you know I got to get my experience and then you yeah you I know, mean work. I just put my insomnia to work yeah. I mean it's, it was like you know the thing is is I mean what I was getting ready to say is. What's more interesting, hiring somebody that's a sure thing or hiring somebody that you're not sure is a sure thing? I mean, if you've got the balls, you hire somebody that's not, you're going to get more interesting stuff from that. Absolutely. It's going you're going to get a lot of something one yes. way or the other. Let's go back to our yeah. favorite movie, Pitch Perfect. It is an excellent example of creativity. It, it totally is. I mean, here is this here is this glee club. They do the same song. It got them to the finals and they want to do it over and over and over again. It is like a it is like an equation that they do that is supposedly guaranteed success. Somebody comes in and says, "No, let's do something else." I mean, this is tired. This is bullshit. And they fought that. They it's like, "Let's do what we know." You know, mm-hmm. and it and was And this one girl is like the total outcast for it, right? Yeah. They like berate her for it. They kick her out. She yeah. quits. She, you know. And and what she wanted to do was unknown and it was interesting and, and they uncomfortable. did yeah and it was uncomfortable and they did i mean it was awesome and if that is not the story of about 80 to 90% of corporations in the United States right now but i don't know what it is advertising in general because sometimes you are that person and it can be isolated it's not just you don't have to be on a stage you don't have to be and by stage i mean like a client presentation mm-hmm. or something yeah. big you can be in a meeting room with a bunch of people who are saying i mean this is how we do it. It's the way it's done. And you're the one busting out with a solo that's like some weird rap harmony. Yeah. And they're all looking at you like, oh, my God, what an asshole. And you just have to own it. Like, if you believe in something like that, you got to own, own it. it. And it's like, I have such a hard time figuring out, like, where that boundary is. Like, what's the point that I finally back down and say, all right, I'll do it the way that you guys have always done it, I guess, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to risk being labeled. I mean, I've already been labeled this, so it's not a big deal, but I mean, like the argumentative, like difficult one, just because you're the one trying to push through a new idea or a different way. And reality is, is you just want somebody to be like, all right, I'll sing harmony, you know, like, yeah. I think, I think my, my last piece of advice to Heather is, is that if you're moving from media into a creative role, there's probably greater than a 50% chance that you need to switch wherever you're working. 
Oh, I yeah. don't know that you can make that transition from media creative and do it with the clean slate that you need. Is it? I don't know if it's media. Is it research? It's like is research. research. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, media. Well, well, no, Quinn was media. Oh, it's no, research. No, no, it's research, research. I hate Which, talking I mean, about those dark I mean, days. that's kind of that's kind of a weird, blurry line, though. I mean, because sometimes you know, research could be media, depending. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Joel also says that uh, sometimes he thinks that uh, some agencies are practically building their business on top of these cheap trainees, and I mean, absolutely, some some are. Yeah, because some they're are. cheap. Yeah. I mean, it's that it, you know, it's, you know, it's, that, it's easy to do by that system. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, easy to do. You guys didn't get to where you were by being like. Big, I mean, by not, you know, being used and abused for years. Oh, right. yeah. Right. You know, like, I mean, that is 100% part of it. And, like, I I am still, st- my 90% of my job is just, like, being able to handle being used and abused. Yeah. It's it's what they call in Hollywood paying your dues. Paying your dues. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. And yeah, it's but, not, it's yeah. It's but it's fun. It's a fun Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, yeah, it's a... Fuck you guys. You, you paid I paid, I look, paid my some dues. Way, someday you'll be able to look back at it and laugh. I paid my dues. <laughs> Actually, I, I still look back to, and, and what's funny is I work, uh, uh, this guy works with me at, at Hallmark, but we, we did um, late night postings of uh, posters all over uh, abandoned buildings for this jewelry company. And um, the next day, one of the landlords um, called and said that he was going to sue unless we took him down. So we had to go and we had to use these chemicals that I was wearing two rubber gloves, two sets of rubber gloves, cleaning the shit off the wood. And my hands were burning because the chemicals were seeping through the rubber gloves. And I said, this might be the, my worst day ever. And that was, yeah, it was shit. Yeah. It was was shit. it your worst day ever, though? No, I've, I've topped that. <laughs> you really topped top that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I still remember that. Yeah. I've had, I've had a lot of bad days, but I still go back to that day and go, this is really shit. Oh, I got to tell you about a question I got from KU Ag Club people. Yeah. Yes, please do. Uh, one, I get done talking. And one of the students raises his hands and he goes, so like on a scale of like one to 10, how much of your job is writing? And I was like, as a writer, <laughs> as a writer, how much of it? Uh, 20, 20, yeah. <laughs> because on a scale of one to 10 for anybody else in the agency, you're writing at a 10 because that, no matter what. When you're in an agency, you have to be able to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be a com- good communicator. You can't work in advertising, whether you're an account person, a media person, a PR. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I felt like I really didn't reach that one. <laughs> well, it's like it. it's like when, when McKay and I would concept TV and stuff, my actual writing of the TV spot was... You know, in in the uh, the whole thing, if if we broke it down to percentages, ninety percent mm-hmm. of it was concepting, ten oh, yeah. percent was me actually writing. And it's not to say that I didn't. I mean, my writing. I guess I just think about all of that as writing. Yeah, my writing was still good. It's just it was already decided. I mean, me actually writing it up. I mean, the majority of it was done because the idea was there, and you know, and it goes back to the. 
you know, what you were talking it's like an execution is easy to kill. An idea is very hard to kill because an idea has a hundred executions. It's like you have oh, to you didn't make like sure. the script. Hold on. I got another yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Because the idea is solid. I can write 10 scripts to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem. That's the problem with agencies. And honestly, it's what was fundamentally wrong with me saying, hey, go find an art director. And what you said about finding a planner is that working with a planner or a different and untraditional partner, you are going to come up with more ideas versus yes. executions. And yep. that is what you need to write. Yep. Okay, let's start wrapping this up. All so, right. um, oh, so, okay, two things, two things, two simple things. Um, number one, if uh, you follow us on Twitter, or even if you, well, actually, more importantly, if you don't follow us on Twitter, but start if you're doing thinking it, about it. following us on Twitter, we have a new Twitter handle. Because we, uh, because we get ready. We, it's we, complicated. We know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. We pulled some strings. There used to be a band in London who had the Twitter handle the shakes and we were mule and we've shakes. Had, we've had them killed and we've had them killed. So now we can, we now can tweet and you can follow us at the shakes. You're going to get so many accidental followers because of Alabama shakes. I know. See, that's that's called strategy. Yeah. That's so what yes, we call strategy and advertising. That's right. So yes, now we are the shakes on Twitter as it should be. So uh, so give us a follow there if you haven't yet. Uh, you know we are constantly pimping our shit. So you know, really, I don't know. Uh, so yes, we are we are the shakes. And then uh, as as far as like uh, beer buddies and all that good stuff, there is finally a a complete. And new and well-designed version of CocktailNapkinStudios.com available. And what does that mean to our fans and what does that mean to everybody? Well, not only does it give you a good place to go and become a beer buddy if you want to, but you can also find out more information about the show, about Pat, about Quinn, about me, about you know anything that you want to know that you might not be able to get just on Mule or through... Pat, you, know, you need a new bio. I think we all need new bios. We should probably all do new bios. Yeah. Hey, will your mom be a beer buddy? My mom? Yeah. I feel it, like one of your moms needs to be a beer buddy. Uh, I don't know. I'll I don't talk know about to my her. Mom. I'll talk to her. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll talk to her. I, I kind of don't want. I kind of don't want my mom to know this buddy? exists because she might end up calling in. Well, she keeps on yelling down here. I know. Hey, what are you guys doing? What are you down doing there? down there? <laughs> Shut exactly. up, mom. <laughs> Go get me a hot pocket. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, check out the new cocktailnapkinstudios.com. And uh, again, thanks to Joel Gerholt, our yard beer Joel. Joel. buddy. Rockin'. And you know, from from there, I guess, God, we just we gotta go. It's like we're pushing two hours. We're 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 well, putting the, the first tip hour into two was hours. Like here. waste. Yeah. We didn't start so. until like 6.40. That's true. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys uh, next episode then. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been The Shakes with Jeremy Fuchsa, Pat Piper, and Quinn Catherman. Visit CocktailNapkinStudios.com for more information about this show. Mm-hmm.
baby. 